Uh, sir, the folks in the audience are, are getting restless. Oh, I just keep hoping I'm going to wake up from this bad dream. And oh, no, I suppose you're right, Luther. It's not going to be easy, but hey, they didn't elect me to do the easy things. They respect you, sir. They know none of this is your fault. Well, uh, nothing for it. <laughs> Guess I'll see you on the other side, Luther. Break a leg, sir. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're too kind. Well, as you've no doubt heard, there's some bad news coming down the pipeline. I could come out here and spout a bunch of comforting BS about how we'll persevere and adapt, but, well... I know, and more importantly, you know that that's not true. Thank you, thank you. Very kind. I love you all, too. But folks, the rumors are true. Sean Penn, renowned philosopher king, moral arbiter of our time, girthy black dildo burner, Mr. Penn has weighed in on our chosen hobby. Hey, screw Sean Penn! <laughs> No, no, no. There's no need for any of that. Mr. Penn knows better than all of us. After all, he voiced Terrence in the Angry Birds movie. And unfortunately, he is bothered by brutality towards beasts. He despises hunting and hunters. And who are we to keep on hunting when this edict has been handed down from on high? I never thought about how our easy kill technology detaches us from the purpose of our kill, but... Now that the guy from I Am Sam has opened my eyes, it looks like I was the one who was, in fact, the full retard. But you know what they say about God closing a door and opening a window. I think this will present an opportunity to get in touch with my own primal existence, and maybe then I'll be able to figure out what the hell was going on at the end of the tree of life. So, folks, I encourage you Sir, to sir, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Luther, hey, couldn't this wait a minute? Uh, it's it's Penn. He, well, he released a new edict. I, I think you need to see it right away. Let's see, let's see. Hmm. Whales being treated brutally. Uh, gruff goat. Some alliterative garbage. Uh, wait a second. <laughs> Luther, you magnificent bastard. Uh, great news, everyone, great news. Uh, Mr. Penn has announced an exception. Yes, it appears that the National Association of Guys Who Hunt Wild Boars with Their Own Bodies and Daggers will not be disbanding anytime soon. It's a last-minute reprieve from the governor, like in that Sean Penn movie, uh, what was it? The one with the dead guy who was always walking. <laughs> who cares? Hey, hey, grab your daggers, folks. Let's go stab a wild boar. Everyone, 372 pages will never get back is starting now. Uh, I'm Michael J. Nelson. Connor is here as well. Connor, did you dig that off of the dark web or how? Yeah, that was the, you know, it was like, it's the medium web. It just has, uh, you know, people always have their Alexas running and such. Mm-hmm. And like every now and then one of them actually uploads the audio that's sort of playing in the background. 
sure. without the, the participants intending it to be. So, um, you know, you, you, you download a, a, a torrent file of all of those recordings. You hope you get something dirty and risque, but this is what I got. I got the um, meeting of the boar hunting association. Well, it's, it's lucky that we could use it. It's coincidental, but uh, sure. it worked yeah, out well for us. Sure. Yeah. I'll have to just maybe next time it'll be the, it'll be the, the dirty stuff, you know, a man can dream. Yeah. Well, you probably know if you're listening, but this is the podcast where we read through books that we are probably not going to like. We've done Ernest Klein. We've done uh, William Shatner. We've done some lesser known things. Uh, Dwight David. What's his last Thrash, name? Thrash. 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 Yeah, that's that. That I always forget that part, and that's it. He really lands it with that name on that thrash. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the punchy part. Um, yep. And and right now we're working through the uh, I believe it is the oeuvre of uh, Sean Penn. I don't think he's written anything else, has he? No, God willing. Uh, and the uh, paperback uh, comes out tomorrow from when we're recording this. So if you're uh, hopping on the train at all, if you were deterred, if, if what deterred you about Bob Honey, who just do stuff, was the price of the hardcover book, uh, well, then you can buy the paperback tomorrow and save a dollar or two off the uh, off of that. So and let's, welcome uh, aboard. Yeah, let's step it up, people. Uh, his pool ain't going to heat itself. All right. So <laughs> buy those copies. I, you- you mentioned Klein. I woke up this morning and some guy has uh, some guy has left us a comment on the on the website, you know, where we actually host these MP3s. Not many people go there or comment there. But this guy uh, left a comment on episode one of the podcast. Oh, uh, he says, uh, I didn't like this book at all. But yeah, ellipses, maybe someone who gives a fail to the Marvel movies isn't the best to be reviewing it. If you don't like those, the most popular comic book movies of all time, you are definitely not in this book's target audience. It's like a guy with celiac disease reviewing a pasta restaurant. It might be funny, but I'm not sure where the value is beyond that. So um, I think I'll go back in time to uh, two years ago when we posted that and uh, let let us of 2017 know that, hey, um, Beckett does not approve of this decision we've made. <laughs> I think in the podcast we could not have been more – clear that we were not in the target audience so at least we we weren't uh we weren't fooling him we weren't pulling the old switcheroo there beckett we were pretty upfront about that sure yeah it's kind of built into the premise of the show itself (laughs) but that's what's nice about these other uh you know who is the target audience for bob honey who just do stuff uh there's no uh there's no out um to to make that rhetorical Rhetorical, uh, brilliant rhetorical arguments, I suppose. Beckett's going to have a hard time finding that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like uh, you guys clearly won't like Sean Penn because I don't, I don't know how you'd construct that argument. Yes, the uh, no true Scotsman. I don't think appro- uh, applies <laughs> yeah. for the uh, likers of Sean Penn's poetry and the uh, Phil Ox uh, Venn diagram. Oh, oh, full on Phil Ox. I think every every single one. Yeah, here on out. Means- so I looked at the, I mean, at the back of the book in the, um, at the back of the book was uh, credits and permissions, and it just has one, two, three, four, just six different Phil Ox um, samples, uh, yeah. uh, you know, co- copyright or you know, use use with permission type of thing. So, 
Yeah, there was, unfortunately, in this last read, and this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is the last read. You're done. <laughs> You're free. School is out. Uh, bust open that door and put on your shorts and take your bike and go out and have fun. Uh, school is out. Um, go out to the desert with your candles and your girthy. <laughs> yes. Uh, there was a lot of irritating checking to see whether what he's putting in here is Sean Penn or quoting some obscure song or uh, I, I didn't like that about this. There was a ton of that in this oh, yeah. reading and I may There's have missed a, some and I may step in it here, but uh, what are you going to do? Uh, well, you're going to draw Beckett's ire is what you're going to do. If you, uh, <laughs> There's yeah, there was a lot of things that were like sort of in quotes and stuff or in italics that uh, you, you, you're not sure if he's, if he's quoting someone Phil Ox or not. But it, uh, every time I looked it up, the only result that came up was the uh, was the text of this book. So I think unless he singled it out, um, we're, we're left to believe it was either him or Pappy. Or that uh, uh, German scream band or whatever. But we'll we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> we we're down a department this week, most yeah. most likely, because, mm-hmm. yeah, we can't do we can't do fanfic. Yeah, we got none. Um, it's there's no fanfic was the, probably the the most difficult for the people to do this time. Easiest for you to guess. Yeah, it's, sure, it's true. Um, I'm not sure what about this was lent itself that way. Maybe just the the utter madness the the way the story is told. The other authors sort of like had their their ticks and their quirks, but they they weren't writing from a a attempt to be artistic, which I think might be what foiled everybody here. You know, you could replicate the characters and the plot and the uh, um, the verbal ticks of uh, the thrashes and declines, but Sean Penn was on a whole different level. Yeah, um, the only thing I would say is that the alliteration is back and back strong in this uh, <laughs> bottom quarter of the book. Yes, There's a lot of that to deal with, a lot of dumb sentences of the week. I'm sure they'll come up as we go through it. So, uh, yes. Uh, but let's get to it. Oh, we do have, do we have some uh, fan, uh, uh, I mean, uh, mail for later? Yeah, we got we got some emails and I thought I'd read a few extra ones just because we don't have any fanfic. So people had a lot of theories, a lot of reactions, a lot of people just, you know, wrote, you know, emails that were essentially the equivalent of the uh, the painting to scream. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll want to share so people can commiserate and uh, make sure this was not done read in vain. Yeah, we're in this together, people. Uh, <laughs> should we should we dive in? Yeah, we stopped. We left off at uh, the the part where he was asking um, Pappy, "What's with all the opiates and incest in your area?" Mm-hmm. They, uh, and uh, when he asked when he asked Pappy that, he 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 made him he sort of, Pappy sort of got in his face and demanded that he repeat himself. And so he Bob repeated himself and said, "What's with all the opiates and incest in your area?" And then the man smiles, sits back down, sips his coffee, and answers, "Just folks getting by." <laughs> And so it was ellipses. And I thought I, I really assumed that the next word was going to be pointless. And so it was pointless. The entire exchange with Pappy in the bar, his, his reveal that he was creating him was very pointless. It's uh, it reminded me of my favorite thing in movies when someone will say a line and then another character will just go, what? And then they <laughs> say the line again. <laughs> it's like, yes. you, you are making the movie. You have control over this not happening. Right. It's not adding to anything. It's just someone not hearing it. Like, why would you waste film time on that? And, and that this- is something, yeah, once you have pointed that out to me, it's something you see a ton. Like, if there's not a supercut of it that's 25 minutes long, I'd be shocked. Right. Well, that's the book equivalent of it. 
I guess he was well, yeah. just very proud of that. Uh, what's with all the opiates and incest? And he just, I hope you didn't miss that, folks. Here it is again. <laughs> well, the tension of whether you know Pappy getting in his face with to only be immediately diffused one sentence later. I mean, but for that one sentence, I was just hanging on right there. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Uh, but at least Pappy does get all. He kind of lives up to the Pappy thing with his uh, son. You're going to do what you're going to do. Just don't get yourself bit by one of them Zika mossies. <laughs> that's that's what uh, colorful people call mosquitoes with disease carrying. Uh, they call them Zika mossies. Yeah, they not not the preferred Skeeter, which is something that I've actually heard that sounds pretty folksy. But you had to go one step further. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> Zika, though, I was like, so he's there's so much in here that is very much. It just seems like he's determined to make uh, future readers be able to pinpoint, like, to the week, like, when he, like, put the, put, crapped this book out, you know? Oh, coming up, he's, he's so on the nose on that. It, it, it ages poorly, even it's not very old at all. And it's like, oh, God, uh, <laughs> this is aging very badly. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I, the whole time I was reading, I, I kept thinking we were, we, there was going to be a Kofifi joke any second um, <laughs> based on what was happening. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it just, it really is. It's, it's things that even if they were moder- moderately entertaining the first time around, they were the, the type of, of jokes and, and uh, memes that were so quickly <laughs> turned turned to irritating and overused that it's a uh, it's a weird thing to base a book around. I'm surprised he didn't just because uh, it doesn't seem like this stuff is very hard to come up with, especially once he just starts. It's obviously just Sean Penn rambling. You know, <laughs> it's something that he would say if you know he'd corner you in a bar and just start rambling. That he should for the paperback, he should have just rambled out another one that keep it current. Right. You know, the, exactly. the, the 2019 edition with yeah. more, with new rants. Right. Yeah. Like the way that a, a DVD would have a director's cut or something. Right. Uh, so uh, plot wise, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring that up. I uh, uh, towards the end, we'll we'll get to it. If we just summarize the the plot of the whole thing, which is sort of unfair day. because many works of art, you know, exist with with weird plots or upside down plots or no plot at all. But the plot of this is, uh, it reminds me of Kurt Vonnegut used to do a bit about it where he'd take the great works and say, you know, a plot should, you know, a plot point should do something. It should change something. And he'd go through like Hamlet and go, well, what does, what does this mean? Nothing at all. It does not move the plot forward. And it was a good, you know, live, uh, you know, speaking thing. You'd get a lot of laughs on that. But, sure. but this, this one reminded me of that. <laughs> well, what's happening now? Bob is going to New Orleans. Do you, rem- yeah. do you remember exactly why? I, I can't remember why. Uh, I mean, it must harken back to his uh, trip there when he abandoned all those people to die in some sort of possibly metaphorical action. But I think that was the only thing that, that I mean, maybe he liked it there. Yeah, <laughs> he's going here, and then he's going to go to Miami? Right? Yeah, yes. Okay, so that's the plot. Bob is going to New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, so, yeah, you're mocking him now, but once he gets to New Orleans, some some, some real some real serious stuff happens. Um, he, he goes to get a plate of fried calamari, mm-hmm. and uh, across the street of there is Checkpoint Charlie's, the hub for acid-dropping youth. Two of its trippers had gone walking, and perceived Bob through the glass as a sideways-sitting sphinx with a candelabra in its mouth. Within 20 minutes, Bob's drink had been dosed with seven hits of liquid acid. And this reminded me of a, uh, 
you know, in elementary school, there was all there was like, you know, the, the brief rumor of like, hey, if any guy like tries to give you temporary tattoos with like cartoon characters on them, like don't accept them because um, they what he's doing is he's going to put acid on those temporary tattoos. So when you, the fifth grader, um, apply the tattoo of, uh, you know, plucky duck from Tiny Toons, you will then get high on acid. And then. After eight hours of thinking that you were going to die, you'll decide that you like that experience and go back and then purchase more acid from the guy. That was the 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 hard to figure out thing is that why this guy would give away acid to people who did not know they were taking acid for free. This was a theory of my mother's as well. And she, <laughs> she told us that people would tie you down. Our brother, my brothers and I loved that touch and give you drugs so that you would be hooked and then have to go back. <laughs> like, uh, Mom, have you ever heard of anyone being tied? Where do they That's tie amazing. you down? Is it like on the schoolyard? They just like take a jump rope and tie you down. Right. And it's like a uh, an insta addiction. Yeah. Insta addiction. And then you're, yeah, you're hooked for life. And, uh, and so, yeah, I guess. These 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 kids who are you know just hanging out at an acid dropping thing are are well off enough that they can they can spare uh, seven doses of acid to to prank a stranger and then just sort of go about their day knowing that that is that has happened. I thought to myself uh, once he had gotten the acid, like, oh no, now this book's going to start to get kind of incoherent. <laughs> uh, which yeah. it, here's what. To step back just a little, so are the people they're tripping already? So they perceive Bob through the glass as a sideways, sideways sitting sphinx. Does that seem to you like that? You mean they're perceiving it through their acid trip, right? Yes, I guess so. Like, and uh, then because of that, because they think they see a sideways sitting sphinx with a candelabra in his mouth, <laughs> they dose his drink. Yeah, I mean, That's it's sort a of cause a, and effect uh, thing there. Yeah, it's it's you know, it's a uh, you know, if you if you were walking down the street stoned and a bar was playing uh, Dark Side of the Moon, you would go in there and 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 hang out. And so these guys see a sideways sitting sphinx, and then they go and and they waste the rest of their acid to make him also be on acid. And then plot wise, huge plot point. What that causes <laughs> is for him to. Uh, Sean Penn rambles about the parts of his brain. It's very incoherent. It doesn't matter. Yeah, if if you if you were a a high school uh, you know health teacher, like this would be more effective in convincing kids not to do drugs than any of your coronet films or any of that garbage. You just be like, all right, no, I don't. This is not interesting to me anymore. I, it doesn't sound fun or cool. But so he trips for thirty five hours, seeing expanding flowers, grab ass gypsies. You know. You know, picture a gypsy, a grab-ass gypsy, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> bingo parlor bivouacs, and images of the people purging payloads of an SU-22. Uh, and then he wakes up. He's a day and a half behind schedule, so he sets off again. So, yep. great. Great plot yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but at least we got the, all the color of New Orleans, um, all that uh, that great stuff from... Uh, City where a lot of good stuff and fun stuff happens. We just he ate a ate a plate of calamari there. Well, if there's not uh, gas bloated corpses, he's not interested in describing <laughs> anything for you. <laughs> uh, so the a whole uh, the 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 backstory to this trip is that the um, the Republican National Convention is happening, and Bob is sort of watching this on TV and stuff, and he's he's going through great um, efforts to uh, to do the thing where you don't. Uh, address a politician by their name as a sign of disrespect. Mm -hmm. 
And so I like I like this uh, this description. Uh, the Mussolini of Mayberry would be fomenting his flock. And that was a uh, that just stood out because I'm not I bet you did not see this because you're not uh, wasting your precious lives on social media. But did you see what happened with uh, the Mussolini family this past week? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> this is which is just worth a worth a sidebar. Uh, the uh, so um, Mussolini's granddaughter, who is someone that's out there, uh, got into a feud with Jim Carrey. <laughs> I'm going to read you the I'll just read read from the article. It all started on Saturday when Jim Carrey, who in recent years has reinvented himself as an anti-Trump political cartoonist, tweeted out a picture of his latest drawing. The graphic sketch showed the elder Mussolini and his mistress, Clara Patacci, being hanged upside down from a metal girder in Milan after their execution in 1945. If you're wondering what fascism leads to, just ask Benito Mussolini and his mistress Claretta, he wrote. Uh, more than 83,000 people had liked it as of Monday morning. But Alessandra Mussolini, a former movie actress and Playboy cover model who was a member of the European Parliament, wasn't one of them. You are a bastard, she wrote to Carrie on Sunday. And their feud escalated from there. But yeah, Mussolini's granddaughter is out there sniping with Jim Carrey over his drawings of her grandfather. Wow. What, what was uh, what was she mad about? I mean, he... <laughs> I think she was, you know, I think she was like, hey, like, that's, you know, that's that's my grandpappy. He used he, to bounce me on his knee. He made the trains run on time. What are you, what, what's, what's your problem? It's just a, uh, it's a funny, uh, the idea that, that Mussolini's granddaughter is out there. I mean, of course, I guess, you know, I guess there are, there are heirs there and, but she's, uh, so that's a thing that can happen. Yeah. It's, it's like the, uh, the rumor that went around that turned out not to be true, but it sounds funny. Winston Churchill's parrot just died was a thing. That I, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I was like, wow, they do live a long time, but that was completely false. I, I love yeah. that someone would think of that, wake up and go, I'm going to spread a rumor today. Sure, <laughs> exactly. Like, the, you know, spins the wheel, like, you know, historical figure, animal. <laughs> like, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and so we get to the point of a uh, complete weird digression that uh, would actually ties into that leaked audio from the beginning. Somewhere out in that twinkly blue sea are whales being treated brutally. Bob is bothered by brutality towards beasts and has never been a hunter of animals. In fact, he despises hunting and hunters. They and their easy kill technologies, their detachment from the kill, from their purpose, from their own primal existence and their petty thievery enacted against the noble beasts, with one exception. Those who hunt wild boar with their own bodies in a day. <laughs> if you can tell me what purpose that served, Kurt Vonnegut, that would be, I would, I'd, I'd love, I'd love to know. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a straight line, I'm afraid. Uh, that's just <laughs> wow. a uh, Sean Penn digression. I guess so. I mean, I, I suppose it's, you know, obviously it's supposed to be some irony to the fact that he hates hunters, but he's, you know, killing people. Right. But beyond that, I mean, that's just sure. on the face of it. So. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, yeah. So now we do have a plot point. Uh, mm -hmm. Annie is, is kidnapped, right? She sends a picture yeah. of herself bleeding or something. Yeah. Like a picture of her, you know, arm, I think be, you know, yeah. With the suggestion that she's being held and tortured. Um, and so he, he just ponders, Oh, I wonder who's doing that. Is it lewd star? <laughs> yes. And, uh, so now he has to. I don't know. Now he has to go find her. Yes, but he, but, but she's he thinks she's being held in Miami, which is where he was headed anyway, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so that worked out well. Well, it also, well, I mean, we'll get there, but it, it comes to absolutely nothing. 
less than <laughs> right. nothing. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but so he he travels to Miami, um, and then he's like uh, sort of wandering around doing his own recon, and uh, the he encounters a rally, I guess. And this has some of the uh, the things where you can you can date it to the to the week he wrote it. Not so much deplorable as the violently immature followers of the violently immature seventy year old boy man with money and French vanilla cotton candy hair. They appear Aryan esque with their yellow lives matter banners, and all with yellow blonde hair and eyes of Prussian blue. They chant "Make America More Yellow," and I didn't understand here because, like, clearly orange yeah. is the preferred color of the. If you're making uh, Drumpf jokes, like orange is the color of his tiny hands. Yeah. Like that's the, if you're that's the fully accepted. Yeah. Uh, the hack term is, you know, the one that your people are still like replying to on, on Twitter is. I, so, yeah, that was that was baffling. I don't know if he just if he just was replying to the wrong thread where some media got it wrong, but puzzling. Yeah, it was to throw us off the track. It was to, <laughs> who is he talking about here? Yes, exactly. Wow, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe that was just his lawyer said that that was how the uh, the Secret Service would be. That was their, their litmus test. Right. Well, then he, uh, a giant explosion, uh, some sort of car bombing. Yes. Where then he gets into a, uh, a talk about Semtex, which is the <laughs> e- explosive. And he describes it here, which I thought, is this from an old magazine ad for Semtex? He writes, Semtex has potent personality and punch. Wow, so, yeah. So it's, that, that was from the uh, plastic explosive beauty pageant, and that was how they introduced Semtex when it walked on stage. Yeah. Um, so just him getting, um, you know, his uh, wedging in his alliteration, and that's what you end up with, stupid phrases like that. Semtex has potent personality and punch. <laughs> Right. And it is it's very much just a, uh, you know, I, I I strapped on a vest and did a, uh, you know, did a helicopter ride in uh, in Afghanistan one time. And so that was my takeaway from that. And and this is uh, he suspects this mysterious character. Uh, what is it? Amarisa and Anna Surma, maybe Anna Surma, Anna Surma. I didn't look that up. I assume that has some meaning to do. I looked it up in the book. It says she was like the goddess of exhibitionism. And it seemed like it was more Wikipedia more said it was uh, like just a like the Greek act of like lifting up your skirt and exposing yourself, which is a weird thing to sort of have a, a term for. But I guess that was, you know, they, they would build statues where people were doing that. It was a, a lewd gesture, I guess. It was also sort of like a Braveheart, you know, when they moon everybody like it was that that was the sort of thing as a sign of disrespect. Oh, okay. I, I, I just, you know, come on, Sean Penn, keep it toilet based. Would you please? <laughs> You're losing us with these obscure references. Well, um, the, uh, they, you, you do get some toilet based thing with Anna Surma, believe it or not. And her name, her name does tie into a, a very strange, uh, I guess cross that he feels he has to bear. But before we get to that, he, he goes into the hotel bar. So the, you know, people have died in the streets, you know, it's a, um, uh, a grim scene out there, but he goes into a hotel bar and gets some Russian vodka. Uh, and, uh, there's a bartender there named El Greco. And he says he, he, El Greco switches the bar television channels back and forth between the after blast coverage in front of the hotel and then the party in Cleveland. And I, I was stunned, um, that Sean Ben had the, had the restraint not to add in. Bob had trouble telling the difference. Yeah, yes. 
<laughs> yeah, wow, that would, it took a lot of restraint, I guess. <laughs> well, he was rushing to get to his uh, the set piece of the whole book, of course, which is yes. her yes. collapsing on the ground. I believe we've uh, we've come across this already. We covered it, that last week, but we didn't know what had set it up. Yeah. So he, we, we, we learn what triggers her nearly pooing and then ass piss the because that was that was heaves of laughter that were triggering all that. And what what provoked that laughter? Are you from Scottsdale? Bob asks. <laughs> all right. We should have probably put a warning there because that's like uh, that we easily could have could have triggered that same reaction from our listeners. But yeah, yeah that... Co- coffee uh, nosers in cars all over uh, as we as we say yeah. that. Just uh, an easy crowd, I suppose. Like <laughs> uh, we need to get uh, we need to work that line into our uh, upcoming live show. Yeah, and uh, we get a uh, uh, Shatlardian term: several long minutes of her spasmodic <laughs> laughing. Se- oh wow, I sev- didn't even several long minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is long if you're you know if it's like a uh, you know Bugs Bunny sort of like Peter Griffin, like we are like. It gets it stops being funny and it gets funny again as she's laughing on the floor for that long. I toyed for a very short second with uh, going oh, on the boy. dark web and trying to uh, <laughs> see if anyone had recreated that. <laughs> oh, my God. But, but uh, yeah, that would have been a lot of fast forwarding in this yes. podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she once she recovers and I presume, you know, like I, I don't know, gives herself a, a, a few dabs on the on their backside with a bar napkin or something um i get the bar rag uh yeah (laughs) she says uh i know i know all about the scottsdale program people tell me everything because people like posts bob i am a poster and the third satellite of your syzygy 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 which uh i looked it up and i yep just didn't it didn't even occur to me to write it down in the notes i don't who, who cares? a conjunction or opposition especially of the moon with the sun a pair of connected or corresponding things the planets were aligned in a syzygy but um but so she she says that she's she likes posts and emma poster and i guess that means you know posting online as in social media i didn't i don't know what that means i guess well, when yeah. you connect the words i'm a poster yeah, yeah. Uh, and so she, but he he goes on to to flesh out her character um, by her saying, "With that, Anna Surma excuses herself. I happen to bring my bikini. I'm going to go through the back to the beach and get some late sun and post some selfies until the smoke clears." Um, and he, so he 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 keeps. There's another line right after that that so he really thinks he's stumbled onto something here because she says, "Identity is life." The world has replaced its identity with electronics. You, old man, if you don't mind me calling you that, are from a generation of self-love. Our only self is, well, selfies. So he's got he's 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 doing like his tight five about selfies here. Um, and I guess he's he's if if she's called the goddess of exhibitionism, he really thinks that this is like a uh, a profundity about uh, the the millennial generation is that they 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 take pictures of themselves. And that's not just a uh, a function of them having cameras in their pocket at all times that can do that. It's it's a deeper seated vanity of uh, of, of our entire generation. This is uh, yeah, this is Pappy coming through. This is <laughs> get off my lawn kind of yes. stuff here. Yeah, it's just like I don't know, man. It's just a just a way to take pictures easier than handing your uh, six hundred dollar phone to a stranger who might drop it. So that's really all I think about when I do that. Um, 
nothing, nothing more profound to it than that. Right. Uh, and then he gets into a weird exchange with uh, the Greek, with El Greco, uh, uh-huh. which I didn't understand why El Greco is becoming a character. Did you? I, I didn't know what to take from that. No, he, uh, oh man, there was something else about him. He called him like a, a hot sock or something, or a, um, he had a term for that, a crazy bat or something that, that made, he's, it had a footnote in it. It was, you know, it was just another one of those pointless things that I looked up and it was on Urban Dictionary and, but that was, that was my takeaway. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I, I confess at this point I started to, there was a little bit of skimming. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry. Uh, but we get, uh, the Gabriel's oboe thing, which wasn't that a fanfic? Did that come up as fanfic? No, uh, that was real. He had, he had, he was sitting on the can looking at the marble and had some musing about, uh, that's a uh, Morricone. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, oh, that was my other question. Do you get the, the, what is the wordplay on lewd star? Do you, I don't get what he's doing there. I know what load star is. It just means the North star or something too. The yeah. only thing, you know, my, my, my fan theory, uh, just based on all the other, um, up to the moment hackery, uh, is that, uh, there was, I don't know, I don't, time has run together. Sometime in the past year, there was a, uh, anonymous New York times op-ed that was written by a, you know, high ranking, uh, government official, um, that was, you know, sort of being like, this is a, you know, it's a disaster in here, folks. And, uh, people were trying to puzzle out who had written it. And the uh, the thing that some you know internet detective seized on was that they used the term lodestar in that article in that uh, op ed, and then people had had tracked down speeches of Mike Pence using it in the past. So the theory was that he had written this. Oh, and okay. I wouldn't, you know, that's that seems to me something that is probably what he did. Like that's a weird um, theory on my part, but I don't know why else that that word would have been on the tip of his tongue. Yeah, that that makes sense. I didn't know that uh, little detail. Okay, so he's just, uh, but the lewd part of it is not. There, there's no joke or wordplay. He's just changing the word a little bit. It could be just him uh, speaking in his pigeon English. Yeah, I guess so. Well, now we get a huge action <laughs> scene. You, uh, yeah, we were deprived of that for much. Uh, I mean, I guess Bob wrapping his house in. Uh, grandmother's clothesline or whatever was pretty tense and got your pulse going. But, uh, but this one is really, this is Sean Penn writing. I, I don't know, like, uh, 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 one of those, you know, like an action book, right. He's writing his movie. This is screenplay style now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he got a, uh, he, he's into the like hotel where he thinks that lewd star is holding Annie captive. And, um, I would like to, if it's possible, I play some some sound as I read a passage from it. So he goes into the uh, Marble Palace, and here's here's what it says. As the man himself sits, it is then that Bob sees the bottom of the man's waistcoat lift, exposing the top band of a grass skirt. Bob catapults into combat. The music takes over Bob's mind, and his mastery of the mallet leaves the loot star operative on the floor, head cracked open like a coconut split by a tungsten vice. The ballet has begun. Bob flashes on the surveillance camera above the concierge desk. He's been made. Argicide. No sooner do the first of Lootstar's troops exit the elevator than Bob dispatches them. Between marble, mallet, and mayhem, Bob is most in his element. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. that greatly enhances all of his prose. I think uh, <laughs> as you read the book, you should just uh, have that in your head or you know, play it out loud in the background. 
That's yeah, good. it is. It is. Uh, it ends a. It adds adds some to the, to the madness. I think that is, of course, the music that plays when you get the hammer in Donkey Kong. I'm just glad that we're back to toilet based stuff again. Um, yep. I'm I'm gonna burn it. Uh, it, it <laughs> I ha- as a dumb sentence of the week, but I'll, I just want to bring it up now because I have so many more. Uh, let me wipe my butt. That that could yep. be my favorite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, because yeah, because he was cracking a grizz. Yes. which has footnote 65 which was just taking a shit and i would i would have put footnote 66 on that and i would have called that writing a bob honey <laughs> oh man this uh this whole section was was almost technically unreadable yeah are you trying uh, to f- trying to figure out what what happens now what is happening i guess he's being chased through the building by the grass skirted guys and whacking them all, you know, the weird uh, uh, Mad Magazine sounds happening. Yes. Poopity <laughs> plop plop, blinkity bloom plomp, he's dead. Blood and gore and, and you know, guts spilling out. And it's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he hit Loot Star with the mallet and he crumpled to the floor like a bloody bag of smashed asshole. <laughs> so I didn't know, I didn't understand why that wasn't plural or anything. I wasn't, you know, it, it was a, it was just a weird thing to, uh, it stood out to me. Yeah, that I had as a uh, dumb sentence as well. <laughs> Plenty more of those, uh, though. Plenty more. Don't worry. Yes, there are. Uh, I liked the lewd star. Was like he was in the he was in the can while the TV was on the uh, the guy from Duck Dynasty speaking up at the uh, convention, and I just thought it was it, just a, ironic that he was you know that's that's being played for laughs as you know as as Sean Penn himself is opining. Um, from his position of just being a, a guy who's been on TV as well. Yeah. Well, we have that sort of gross, uh, there's a lot of gross stuff in here, but, uh, oh, it gets, there's a ray of sunshine as he goes up to the skylight and he looks through, and I don't know, I don't want to read this, but <laughs> a fat man <laughs> pouncing, puckering, and effing a slender blonde woman. It is Annie, he thinks. His arm draws back. He crashes the mallet through the skylight, sending it shattering glass, and he lands on the bed with them. And uh, and then it's not Annie. No, it's uh, yeah. It just uh, the whole thing is it builds up to um, him crashing in on a completely unrelated pair of people. Yeah, completely unrelated. And we do get a little bit of. I I started to see nineteen uh, sixties Batman in this. Um, huh. Has he stumbled upon the towering titan of treachery? <laughs> yeah, that goes in well with the uh, onomatopoeias that he's been he's been tossing around. Yeah, plop plop, and uh, all that ones you just said. Yeah. Uh, so that's just a a red herring. He goes on a giant killing spree. I mean, I guess it it is Lo- Lewd Star, right? It's supposed to be him, but it's not Annie, and he doesn't have Annie, so. No, it, and it ends with him getting shot in the head. Yeah, he gets he gets shot directly in the head, and and uh, warm blood escaping the perfect circular puncture behind his ear, pooling, cooling, coagulating like hot jello on the marble deck. So Bob's dead. <laughs> hot jello. That's a uh, that's not something you encounter very often. No. Uh, so Bob is dead, and then we get a we get a poem. Yeah, we do. And uh, yeah, the uh, my my standout line in this one was uh, I mean it's all it was all terrible, but uh, would his body be poked and prodded or simply left to rot? 
Then his recall brought back the words of Egypt's own Sadat, which is uh, just from a from a rhyming standpoint, one of the one of the worst things in the book so far. But I don't I don't know what the words are he's meant to, to echo, but it says, I will die, I will die, I will die, knowing death is not my foe, but not one second sooner, sir, than when my God says it's so. Uh, I didn't bother to look up whether Anwar Sadat actually said those words. I don't think it matters. I guess no. I don't care all that much. Sure. <laughs> That's not one of those like uh, quotes you find inscribed on a throw pillow in a uh, in an Airbnb type of thing. No. Um, so <laughs> uh, when we stay at a Nashville house, it has Nashville in lights and then it has that <laughs> hanging on the wall. Yeah, maybe we just haven't looked close enough. And there's a little thing that says Anwar Sadat's underneath the <laughs> yeah. uh, un- the live, laugh, love uh, inscription. Right. Uh, and then we get this terrible sentence in less an oddity of adjudication than a predictability of political obfuscation and skullduggery. Bob was never charged with a crime. <laughs> so at this point we believe that he's dead. So yeah, I guess, I mean, you don't, he's not going to be charged with a crime because he's sure. dead. Right. But then, uh, uh but then we learn it, he had a neurocranial cr- injury and it was relatively superficial. <laughs> one of those so in sort of vague prose we learn that bob is still around yeah very unfortunate yeah and uh um, it was that point my hopes were up that there was just gonna say epilogue and it was gonna be a <laughs> terrible poem but no <laughs> nope we get station 14 which is called debunking camus <laughs> um which it's a short chapter um i, I don't know if you've uh, read Camus. I read one of his. I read The Stranger like two years ago because there's a band I like that that talks about and references Camus, and so I was like, I'll give it a shot. And it was like, you know, I think the time of my life has passed where I where I needed to needed to pick up what Camus was putting down. It sort of yeah, struck I, me as I, like a French Catcher in the Rye type of book. Yeah, I read it too, and uh, I mean. I th- it was good to help you understand the sort of the ennui of the time, the you know yeah. man unmoored from his his meaning or any purpose, and so that was kind of uh, you know it was it was an interesting read. It didn't do much for me. Sure, but like good thing you read it now before it was debunked. <laughs> <laughs> Fully debunked. Watch Sean Penn destroy Albert Camus. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so the, the, I, I just, I, at this point, like the, the terrible sentences that make no sense, um, were, there were so many of them. I just singled out occasional ones for, for, uh, for sharing, but this was started off the chapter rarefied resins liquefied during a life languishing unloved. We're beginning to create new free radical initiation of polymerization. Go so to hell, <laughs> Sean Penn, go to hell. You, th- there's a point where you can't even understand the tense of words that he's using in the middle of it. You have to stop and say, wait, what rarefied resins liquefied during a life languishing, languishing unloved. We're beginning to create new free, like it takes you three reads and I'm just not willing to do that anymore. I can't do it. Not at all. It's because you'd have to look up stuff. Like you'd have to look up what free radicals are and then polymerization. Like, yeah, it's it's and that's how the chapter starts. Like that is what the that is what the hook is. Well, it gets much more clear with his dreams, <laughs> desert, daylight, diffusion, dictated disturbances in the void of visual detail. Oh, there's one where the the word is it desert or is it deserting as the verb desert? His dreams 
desert daylight diffusion dictated disturbances. Not doing the work, Penn. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> I mean, doing just it. the fact just the fact that we did have such a prominent desert scene earlier, maybe it means it ties in, but Yeah, and he's in he describes the desert around it, but it doesn't make any sense in that context, so I don't know. Why am I looking for sense at this point? <laughs> but what is in what is happening here is that he's sort of in a hospital room, um uh drifting in and out of consciousness, I guess, as they're playing uh the Democratic National Convention on the TV. Um people are speaking, he's musing uh thoughts about that whole thing, and uh there's an orderly coming in to sort of uh attend to him. Um and the orderly the orderly gets off um a great line where uh, as he leaves the room, the orderly utters every war we've ever lost has been somebody else's civil war. <laughs> and so I think we, I think we joked about this earlier that the book uh, was on, you know, on, uh, on par with uh, Axl Rose's uh, what's so civil about war anyway. And they actually went and pretty much said that right here in the book. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's so funny about peace, love and understanding, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we get a mention of, and and they they're coming up. But we get uh, we get uh, Hillary and uh, uh, and Obama as well. Yeah, who was described you know. as shy town Kenyan Kansan, <laughs> can can can. That was wow. the sentence. Yeah. Hmm. Oh uh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what his. Uh... You know. It comes up later, too, because the, the book sort of ends with his just like not even pretending to be anything other than a screed. But it's it's so easy for for if you're Sean Penn to get a, uh, you know, to get the Huffington Post to give you a front page story just to post your your thoughts. Like it's not a you know, it's not something you have to pull a lot of strings to do. Like, why couldn't you just have done that? Yeah, I, I just wondered why he didn't uh, go on Bill Maher's show a lot more or something. <laughs> it's, it's the same I mean, it is not crafted. It's not. That's what uh, Bridget was. I read her a little bit of it. <laughs> She's like, oh, God, that's so terrible. It sounds so awful now, too. You know, like she had the obvious reaction to it. But uh, that's what she said. Go on a TV show and just say it. I mean, you know, this is not yeah. a, this is not a novel. A novel isn't, does not make. No. Um, and yeah, I guess maybe, like you said, of the uh, the Camus, it will be a snapshot into the window. But hopefully, it's not the the snapshot that people think that people are actually, uh, you know, doing talking like this or thinking like this. All I can uh, say is, take us away, Phil Ox. <laughs> he, uh, he he before he like wakes up, I guess he recites the Pledge of Allegiance to us, which gets footnote sixty nine, which is the the Pledge of Allegiance was written by a socialist in eighteen ninety two. The version above specifying the United States in nineteen twenty three, and not until nineteen fifty four were the words "under God" added in response to the communist threat. So he's essentially going like full Reddit commenter here. Yeah, he's um, not even pretending to make the footnotes be uh, you know something that's artistic or <laughs> he's just. Yeah. Again, he's he's like the ones about the military stuff. He's almost has left in the uh, Wikipedia bracket and citation number on them from copying and pasting him. <laughs> but yeah, he lies. He lies back on the bed, pulls an iPod from the bed tray, ears up and presses play. And Phil Ox's voice is what uh, is what we what we get played out of the very short chapter of. I Was it really that wise to lean so heavily on Phil Ox? Is that <laughs> I mean, just in terms of audience familiarity, of uh, I, I don't know. I, I, if when we're trying to figure out at riff tracks, like 
is this joke? Is this going to land? You know, we're going to do, we're going live in front of a bunch of people and we're going to do a Phil Ox joke. You guys ready? (laughs) You think that's going to hit? I would, I would give it the thumbs down. I'd say, let's find someone else. But this would be like if you were like, you know, we were doing uh, uh, Octoman and then it's like, hey, uh, you know, that that guy looks like Phil Ox and the audience doesn't laugh at all. And then you look down at the paper and the next two minutes of movie are just dedicated to making deep cut Phil Ox jokes. Yeah. And you're Ooh. like, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> tugging at the collar there. Unless it does, you know, get funny to the audience that no one's laughing. It's not uh, not a winning strategy. <laughs> no. Uh, so he heads back. Well, no, he gets driven in his uh, in his ambulance. Are we there yet? No, wait. Station fifteen. Station fifteen. I lost my place here. He uh, station fifteen was called Just a Little Kiss. And yeah, he's being he's being driven to a uh, old folks' home, ironically. Uh, and he's talking about. Some weird thought he's having on the process here that I thought was funny. The the uh, was that our new America revealed? Was that the reveal of our humiliated son, S U N, intrinsically casting flaming hands to cover the fiery crotch of our country cringing? The vehicle passes under the shade of an old oak and onward to a halt. And so I just imagined like the uh, the raisin brand mascot son, uh, you know, doing the the hands over crotch thing like when someone uh, opens the door and he's changing in there that was that gave me a, a brief shimmer of 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 hope uh, as i read this final chapter yeah well that was one of the uh, passages that i knew that sean penn was laughing out loud as he wrote it <laughs> he does laugh a lot when he writes uh but then he brings us to a, a couple of descriptions of the area and he says he describes a potted plant a plant and he says, Capria follicae. Oh, my God. Which I looked up and I just okay. said, say, honeysuckle, you unbearable ass. <laughs> wow. And then later, later pros, prosopagnosia. Uh, say face blindness, you unbearable ass. Why is he doing this? <laughs> Did you know prospagnosia? Pros, prosopagnosia? Uh, no. I mean, I've, I've heard of face blindness and maybe would have. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. But uh honeysuckle, huh? Get it? Yeah. Uh, it sort of t- ties it all up. I sure do. It's the last name. <laughs> yep. I've never heard of honeysuckle being kept inside either for, you know, to to yeah. to just make uh, make another point about that. Um I like this one because we got some Kleinian uh text as he was entering in. He says, grabbing his two suitcases, he moves slowly toward a building of indescribably faded color. <laughs> the next the next sentence. A color not unlike those of Irish walls painted in the rain. You just said it was indescribable. <laughs> and like we were I I was I was going to be fine with that, but you then you went, you had to go on and describe it in the next sentence and then not in a good way. Like a a a impossible to envision description. I don't know. I get it. I get it. We're all getting a little edgy as we get towards the end here. Uh, here's, here's, I got a little edgy over this one. Uh, he checks in. There's a girl there. He thinks he recognizes. Of course, we know who it is. But he says, uh, she says, what's a uh, name, please? And she, he says, goat, gruff goat. And she says, let me get you sorted, Mr. Goat. And I'll, let, let me rewrite that for you, Sean. Uh, can I help you, sir? Yes, my name is Goat, Gruff Goat. Get the hell out of here. I'm serving the next person. When you want to behave, you can come back up to this counter. But until then, you sit down and shut your mouth, and I'm going to take care of this guy. 
there. I, I rewrote it for you, Sean. <laughs> right. That's much better, much more realistic. Uh, so it is, of course, Annie. And uh, Bob goes into his, uh, he goes into his room. And mm-hmm. Sean, I think, is attempting here. And I find I found this amazing. I think he's attempting actual pathos or or, t- or tenderness or something. There's hmm. a, a tear on Bob's cheek. Uh, <laughs> it's better now, says Annie. Or I'm better now, Annie. The beautiful girl leans in and gives him a kiss. And then he hears her footsteps patter away. Uh, and, and I just thought, like, how dare you? <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> right. This is not happening, buddy. Stop yeah. this right now. Yeah, not earned. Not a not a person. Not not you know the not not someone who has been resembled a human in any other sense. And we're not supposed to even identify their relationship because everyone is so cartoonish and and weird. And we're not even sure if any of this is happening. Right. But like, yeah, yeah. I would have bought it if you know Bob was uh, what a squeezing out a grizz on the on the thunder bucket <laughs> or whatever. That, that, right. And slowly crying. Then I would have been like, okay, now you're you're on familiar ground. <laughs> sure. Um, but what he's, uh, what, when he's left alone in his room with the tear running down his cheek, he looks out the window and sees, a uh, Spurly Coultier who's sitting in a bangin' black 85 Buick Grand National, which he goes into a, uh, a sort of long description of how it's like the fastest car they made that year and could really like, if, if you put a turbo on it and nitrous injected, it could really smoke some Porsche or something like that. And uh, apropos of nothing, I looked it up and it was a very ugly car, um, it was just a very boxy, like eighties, eighties vibe. So I'm not sure what weird attachment he has to that car, but, um, you know, he was so specific about it that he made me look it up. So, uh, I'm in, I, now I'm insulting it. So mission so, accomplished. Sean. So, so well done, Sean. Yeah. I, yeah. That was another instance of, okay, you look out, you notice it. And then is, is he saying this all in his own head? Like, oh, that's the. I remember that's the fastest assembly line car ever built zero to 60. Right. Like what is the purpose of this? And, the, and yes. it turns out there is zero purpose. Zero. Purpose. It's Sean Penn saying, you know, again, cornering you at a bar. And then he happens to mention, you know, Oh, it's a, it's a good car. It's almost as good as a car I had. It's a blah, blah, blah. And then has to describe it to you. Like he has to get it out of his brain. Like there was right. no reason to put this in the book. None whatsoever. Yeah, Just a neuron fired. And uh, a paragraph later, here we are. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, Spurley is out there and he, of course, Bob is suspicious of him and whether he's, uh, there to do him ill will. But, uh, you know, he, we, we discovered that Bob fortunately has a, a talent that has heretofore been unmentioned, but we have three pages left. So we might as well, um, give him another superpower. He says with Bob's nearly cosmic ability to read lips, did he quietly chant aloud in perfect harmony with the movement of Spurley's mouth mantra? So, we knew he could listen to uh, someone writing and tell what they were writing, but he can also read lips uh, perfectly from a great distance. So, and sure. and what is uh, Spurley's mouth's mantra? Please inform me. I did not write it down. Chinese boogie dancers and pale-headed <laughs> priests, vodka and tonic. Life may be deceased, but I still know what's cooking in the oven. And man, I know the beast. <laughs> That's what guys do when they sit in their car alone about to go on a uh, assignment to murder someone in an old folks home. That's what they say, in case, yeah. in case you're wondering. So I, I'm imagining Spurley being like Cameron and Ferris Bueller when he's sitting in the car talking to himself and like punching the seat next to him. Like, all right, he'll keep calling me. He'll keep calling me Chinese boogie dancers. Uh, right. But, 
I looked up Chinese boogie dancers, and so yeah, this is pure pan. This is not a Philox song or anything like that. I looked it up too. I thought it was that uh, German scream band that he had been quoting before, but uh, I could not find it <laughs> anywhere. So yeah, yep. it, it just leads back to pan. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do when? So you're he Bob, uh, you know, sees that Spurley is coming to do away with him. We don't. We have no idea why or who Spurley is or who he's working for or, I mean. I guess we can assume that he's just from the organization or whatever from the Scottsdale sure. program. Uh, so what does he do? He heads into a typewriter and he <laughs> types out a long, uh, incoherent threat to the president of the United <laughs> States. <laughs> yeah. So this is where I was like, you know, honestly, like, you know, the, the Huffington post or the, uh, the, the, the times op-ed would have let you publish this, you know, if you had just like asked. Um, but uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, incoherent and i have to imagine cathartic but it, it it has some has some lines in it that we we're going to need to share it's unfortunate but we we have to this is what we're here to do uh, <laughs> the the first one i i noted was a million women so dwarfed your penis edency is that how you would pronounce that penis edency <laughs> on the streets of Washington and around the world on the day of your piddly inauguration, unprecedented spelling okay. So, sure, we've got a penicidency, penicidency, but then I think the other part, unprecedented spelling okay, again, I, I spend too much time looking at this garbage. Um, you're, a, you're a lucky person to not, but I think the last part is in reference to a misspelling in a tweet. Oh, um, it must from, be. Yeah, I assume probably, that was. Yeah, probably 14 months ago, like a specific day. So I think that's, uh, you know, a lot of people like opt to spend their lives replying to those tweets and, and making similar jokes. But Sean Penn prefers to wait 14 months till you've forgotten them and then pretty much do the exact same thing. Well, I'm sure if the president does read this, he is <laughs> stung by being called a gasconade and cache of catchphrases is limiting and reflexive. Escalate the emasculation of you by a world whose patience is in nuclear peril. <laughs> burn. It, get the get, send him to the burn ward after that. It is too bad that uh, it is too bad that this would never happen because it would be if it was a more normal situation where like, you know, the, the president was someone that was still appearing on talk shows. It would be a funny bit to have him read this. That would be very funny. Right. Uh, <laughs> just because no one, you know, no one would have any idea what he's what, what he was talking about. But it would be funny just to even I mean, here here's some attempts at some of these some of these sentences. But uh after that, the, I mean, it, it, it's, it has some part that, you know, he, he, he challenges the, um, you know, he, I think he pretty much calls for an assassination, which was, he a, does, a, he explicitly, a, I, that is, a bold step. I, that is very bold. <laughs> maybe that's why he couldn't do it on the Huffington post. Like, I don't know, maybe, uh, you know, penguin publishings like, or Etria books, uh, their, their lawyers are a little more liberal with this sort of thing, but yeah, bold. It is. I mean, putting it in writing in the, the <laughs> yikes. I believe that the uh, there's there's been news stories about people who do it, obviously, on social media constantly. And sometimes they hit the news. And the one fact keeps coming up is that they they have to investigate every thing, uh, anything that comes before them that they notice. They have to investigate it. So uh. <laughs> so Sean Penn, you at least earned yourself a cursory uh, examination. And I'm sure without contacting when they probably just went, all right, he's a nut. Let's let, right, leave, yes. leave him alone. <laughs> They're like, you know, yeah, we, we, we want to investigate this. But like, really? Like, you know, 
the chapter's called Big Cock. Like, (laughs) (laughs) we've seen a lot of things here at the Secret Service, but oh, man. Wilson, I've got an assignment for you today. (laughs) That looks like a slim volume. I'm sure I'll get through this in no time. 17 (laughs) hours later, he's cursing in his office. (laughs) He went through the roughest training Quantico has to offer, and this is what broke him. Uh, but it ends with, uh, it ends with this. This was his sign off. Um, sir, I challenge you to a duel. Tweet me, bitch. I dare you. (laughs) Which like, even as I I just wrote down, no adults stepped in to intervene here. Like no one at the publishing company, like none of the, you know, people in his life were like, (laughs) uh, Uh, yeah, you're going to, uh, you're coming off like sex man circa (laughs) 2008. You might want (laughs) my review of Bob honey who just (laughs) do stuff. That was pretty good. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, and then his, uh, Bob's own response to his own writing of tweet me, bitch, I dare you. Uh, a near indiscernible smile comes to Bob's face as if for the first time he'd been gently touched by the hand of God. <laughs> God himself issued his own firm settle down to that statement. <laughs> Sir, you know nothing of my work. Yes. I happen to have God right here. <laughs> um, and, oh man, it gets to a point it gets to a point where he's no longer writing his letter to the president. He just has, uh, but he's, he's still um, spewing some, some, some forth some just a Bob's own thoughts. Uh, I, and it's, I don't even know if it's something I want to read. Less I, people I, like, I, yeah. Isolate, I, isolate these words and uh, use them, use them. Then when I, uh, you know, run for governor in, uh, in, in a decade. Yeah. I'm not going to say them. I, I'm not, <laughs> I leave it Come to on. you. Uh, say them. There's a lot of them together. Uh, but I think say the ethnic slurs, come on. <laughs> but before that, we're, uh, we're explicitly being called sheeple again. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. it's you, the most arrogant, ill and unqualified electorate in the history of the Western world. That's <laughs> us. He's Sean Penn is looking at us. So right. I, I'm pretty sure that's that I'm the sheeple again. Dang it. <laughs> Sheeple has been, there's like four of them in the book. Yeah, we've, we've been sheepled a number of times in this. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, uh, I, I don't know what term would have like made me, I mean, I guess if there actually was, if he had, if he had gone to the Kofifi, well, uh, that many times that would have been more surprising, but if we, I wish we had put a sheeple counter guess over under on the, the first time it popped up. That's right. I wouldn't have, I would have gone under, I would not have assumed he would have, uh, going back to that well well we get that screed but then uh, luckily we're quickly back to uh i don't know verbal comedy here marx brothers style uh gonquin round table uh joking when he <laughs> set, he comes up to the girl at the counter and says would you let me lick a stamp <laughs> a stamp the girl asks in her adorable accent a postage stamp you mean like for a mailbox mail so she turned into Bob Honey for a moment when he doesn't understand simple sure. phrases that people <laughs> and then muses about them out loud. Um, but the other thing about that, her adorable accent. Yeah. Have we, was, did, uh, I forgot Annie's what's her provenance where I thought not did we know untold. She was, yeah. Okay. No. 
And I think that something like later on, like a paragraph later, it mentions the drawl too. So I, it was, it did seem to come out of nowhere. I don't know if it was because we're still not sure if this is going to be, I mean, Annie or not, or if he's hallucinating or if she's now has an accent suddenly, but nope, I hadn't noticed it before. Um, yeah. The other thing, the other thing about her confusion after Bob, you know, tears three from a roll, licks each one, enjoying as if they were grape lollipops and affixes them to the envelope. So this is what you rewrote her reaction um, when you called her gruff goat checking in. I'm going to rewrite this one. Okay. Uh, would you let me lick a stamp? Sir, uh, you haven't had to lick a postage stamp in um, like 15 years. I Actually, let me look that up. Oh, no. Uh, the, po- the U.S. Postal Service had pretty much phased out uh, lickable stamps in favor of self-adhesive ones since 2002. So I, I do have stamps for residents available to cost, but you do not have to lick them. Um, why are you licking them? I just said you don't have to lick them. Um, get out of our retirement home. <laughs> yeah. Bob would, would not be welcome anywhere. Let's be, uh, let's be <laughs> upfront about that. El Greco would have thrown him out many, many months before. Uh, <laughs> you are not uh, welcome back here, sir, ever. And uh, yeah, I... I think that's sort of he he goes into back to his room after he mails this letter um, and uh, sort of like it sort of fades, fades away as he's uh, like we're waiting to see what's going to happen. Like it, it the book, the book ends. Well, his last act is to send all his money to the ASPCA. Oh. Yeah. So he that was that was something that happened at the very beginning. He had all the one dollar bills because that was how you pay Ludstar's operatives. Uh, but then he 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 put a uh, hundred one dollar bills or a thousand in an envelope. I guess he has more of them. Oh, okay. I I didn't. I just forgotten that fact. Again, the yeah. plot was not <laughs> central to my. No, I. It's not. It's. It didn't. Didn't really register. It Spurly came in and like AS had traced that. It was like you need to be more careful when you're mailing your stuff. But uh, um, yeah, he he. I guess he's just a uh, an animal lover at heart. Which, I, I, unless you're a wild boar owner. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so that's, we assume, um, I mean, I just assumed this is sort of a an ironic, like Bob, yeah, he fades away, uh, Spurly comes in and kills him, and that's the end of the book, because you look ahead and there's just a, an epilogue with a, a dumb poem, so I thought, all right, well, I guess I got to struggle through that. But then that takes quite a turn then, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, he goes into a, a little poem uh, that is one of the worst things that's ever been um, written by a human. But it, uh, it, ends, up, uh, it ends up resolving the, the plot within it. Um, but let's, uh, let's share some choice excerpts from the epilogue poem. Yes, please. Uh, it's sort of uh, – we, we, we read part of it on the fan fiction um, – segment last time and it goes along with uh, a lot of a lot of this stuff turned up in the early reviews of it just because they are the of the moment things that really have no bearing on the story or anything like that that he chose to include but he starts off with uh at the mandalay in vegas so much terror death and shock little men made big by legal bump fire stock We're not going to, you know, if that, you know, we're going to get, we're going to do uh, on the uh, scale. So that was one out of five. Um, but he's, so we, this is what he, we're going to get is uh, current events, um, tragedies sort of rendered into this uh, um, Andrew Dice Clay, like hickory dickory doc right. type, of, uh, <laughs> type of, type of, type of poem. Um, this really bad rhyme scheme and uh, really infantilizing. 
Uh, help me out with this one. I'm not sure I understand it. Sexual misdoings, awakening a rage, net picks, recasts readers, hiding its cabal with the slick Ted turn of a page. I'd ask the same thing. Any idea? Uh, let's uh, let's Ted, puzzle it out. Ted Turner, was he accused of something or? Uh, uh, if so, uh, it was it passed and I don't I don't know. But net picks is supposed to be Netflix. I, I guess. I, I don't know. Slick Ted. Turn of, uh, it was it, it had too much going on for me to hit. But yeah, I don't know anything about Ted Turner. I didn't know if it was like a Ted talk. But Ted Turner is not involved in Netflix. I don't know that it has a cabal. It would have been great if he was like, you know, if he had made a Netflix quickster joke circa, <laughs> circa 2009. That would have been that could have redeemed the whole endeavor. Uh, then he would have gone up to Annie and asked her to uh, uh, mail his Netflix back. To uh... <laughs> that, yeah, that could have tied it into American Psycho. He was always trying to return some videos. Um, we have uh, Puerto Ricans catching hand towels, but they have no home nor light. So let's all just be loving. No need to scream and fight. Oh, that's I... pretty high on the scale. <laughs> um I was just like trying to figure out like what he could have done that would have just been even more offensive. Uh, just like, you know, um, a nation of Kickstarters looking for backers. Sandy Hook was faked by crisis actor. Like that type of like, <laughs> oh, like Sean, please. No, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> man. His, as we said, I think last time invoking these, huge things that bring up a lot of obviously these giant social things and so many elements to him and him just playing around with it you know putting little bad poems in between his poop scenes it's like, <laughs> um minds and yeah. hearts sean you're you're really winning minds and hearts right and then so in order to do that he goes on to the uh the one we quoted last time are you out there louis ck once crucial's conversations kept us on her toes was it really in our interest to trample Charlie Rose? And that was a, a like choose your battles, man. Like I'm not sure, I'm not sure what you're. Yeah, again, in terms of winning over the hearts and minds, this is probably not the thing to do. Like I'm sure he was buddies with at least one of those guys, but like it has nothing to do with anything here. Yeah, stepping up to uh, like okay, well, who? Let's get a picture of this uh, Sean Penn. Who does he hang around with? Ah, Louis <laughs> C.K. and Charlie Rose. Okay, right, right, just boozing it up and and and. Uh, I guess talking about how they've been unfairly maligned. Um, the he goes on then, you know. So you've gotten we've gotten the uh, the, the shooting in Vegas, uh, Puerto Rico hurricane, uh, Louis C.K. Uh, whipping it out. And then what's the next uh, what's the next battle he chooses? Net neutrality, new no more. Have we all become the big man's whore? And I was just like, oh sure, I don't know. He's just thumbing through things. Like, yeah, I'll toss that one in. Like, may as well get a net neutrality jibe in there. People have probably forgotten all about that. Uh, is he just looking at this day in history uh, on the on the web or something? And right. going, yeah, I'll, I'll jam this in here too. Sure. <laughs> uh, remember uh, Scaramucci? That was a weird week, huh? That guy, <laughs> right? That was okay. Moving on, net neutrality. Uh, then, of course, I think we read already the uh, the Me Too movement. He t- <laughs> takes that on. Oh, yeah, exactly. Another good, they had a good run. Um, another good stance. But then is he referencing <laughs> uh, himself for real here when he says, uh, I'm a hero to Time magazine? Uh, um, saying I'm. I just wondered, was he, did, did Time magazine do a story on him or something right around the time that he was <laughs> describing these other things? But I didn't oh. look that up. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was probably just probably they probably had a uh, a women's march story on the front cover or something that was, I don't know, I don't know. I'm not sure what, why oh, they you would think single him out. But I see. You, you think it's referring back to the? Okay, that probably makes sense. I think so. I mean, you know, otherwise there's probably not a uh, Time Magazine. If he's if he's railing against selfies from his from his porch, he probably is also still getting Time Magazine. So, yeah, right. Um, and then he uh, takes on Scientology, and there's a, spe- yeah. a specific thing that I also didn't look up, but padlock wives <laughs> inside a cupboard? Is that a, an official stance of Scientology? I don't know. Oh, I, I haven't watched any of the, the stuff that's recently come out about Scientology. I just felt like it was sort of a story that I, you know, they weren't going to tell me anything I already didn't, like, probably already know or suspect, so I haven't really watched it. But if they're padlocking people up in cupboards, like maybe I need to get in on this because, I mean, on watching it, not on the whole Scientology. They've <laughs> yeah. been like, hey, if that's, if that's the sort of reveal that's happening, that's that's more interesting than I than I assumed it would have been. It just seems like that maybe was a detail. Once again, he just had the TV on and Leah Romini, you know, told right. a story about it or something. <laughs> and so he put it in his poem. Right. Yeah. I guess it's 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 better not to give him any credit for imagination. This is all clearly stuff that that happened uh, during this specific six six week period he was working on this. So it happened here on Earth or as I call it, Sagan's precious dot <laughs> turned tawdry on its axis. Sagan's precious dot. I've never heard that one before. That's, no, that's a good one. Hmm. Yeah. He was really precious to like the Earth. Yeah. You know, it's uh, he really <laughs> what a dork. Um, and yeah, so, so then, then the, but then as he's, as the poem is sort of listing the, uh, current events of, uh, mid 2018, uh, he does take a break to, I'm sorry, like late 2017 is probably when he was writing this. Uh, but, uh, it goes into describing, uh, plot events. Like it's sort yeah. of the, it shifts, the shifts, the tone and the tense. Smash cut too. Oh, one, <laughs> one last, uh, one last thing of the moment was the, uh, Hawaiians felt the drill. Oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, I didn't look it up, but now we could know the exact, obviously we know the exact day and minute that he did it. Right. Yeah. That was a, uh, that was a big one. And yeah, I don't know if, I don't think Sean Penn has a social media presence, but he's clearly plugged into the, the minutia day of topics, you know, that, that, uh, everyone sort of gets their jokes in and, and moves on. Right. Uh, so yeah, so smash cut to plot again and yeah. Spurley's coming in to kill him. Yeah, he's coming in and still still rhyming the whole thing. And he's he's asking uh, for a if they know where uh, Bob Honey is. Um, and but surprise, surprise, it says uh, that the passage I took down was but underneath the counter unseen had the voice really come thrown so clean from Annie, completely bald and in underwear and body so supple and lean. Mm-hmm. So 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 Annie is is for. Oh, so Bob is is. uh is is laying down sort of with his face on the desk, I guess, taking a nap. And he's done like the Scooby-Doo thing of taking Annie's costume, which he fits into surprisingly well. Um, and so she is then underneath the desk in her underwear, um, bald and uh, supple and lean. So we're getting some weird alluring details thrown in, at, 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 really on the last page of the book. Well, it's an interesting time to learn that Annie is a uh, a bald foreigner of some kind. <laughs> we learn... We had we had so many pages to tell us these interesting details of her that she wears a wig. Oh well, yeah, she had alopecia in the beginning of the book. Remember? Oh, I didn't even remember that. 
guy. Well, it wasn't important. It wasn't okay. at all. Yeah. Um, but, oh, that was why he got too much Vietnam next time, that sort of thing. Like, he, he gave that detail. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a huge plot, and I just missed it. I, yeah. I confess. Well, it was a month ago. Um, but, yeah, and then so he gets this, uh, this detail. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, that blonde girl is Bob in a wig! Exclamation mark. And so, yeah, Bob has a uh, sort of like sprung up with the with the reveal, almost Norman Batesian, and uh, he's he's about to whack Spurly on the head with his hammer, and uh, Spurly gets a a fitting um, for how much time we've spent um, uh, hawking a grizz in this book, how much time we've spent staring at the wall wall on the toilet. Spurly g- goes out in a in a dignified manner. <laughs> uh, Spurly, yeah, you think does he? Does he get uh, he gets hit on the head and then, uh, you know, has it some last words like uh, I lived, I I did what I could. I, yeah. I leave this earth clean of of all darkness that no, that is that yeah. is not or, how it goes. Or even does the the cliche, you know, tell my wife I love her like, you know, may might tell my grandchildren to to live live their best life. And, you know, that I. That I will, I will see them again. I, I, I know in my heart that I will. No, Spurly concusses like a canvas. Its skin splayed from its easel drops a load in his dewy drawers, spreading a sewery stench of diesel. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's like Doctor Seuss, uh, you know, writing in Jackass or something. He coughs up his gas bloating guts, bends over desk, and dies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, so it made, made me laugh with a with a few lines to go, but um, you know, you, Sean Penn surprisingly more of a fan of uh, of of taking taking dumps in for the sake of humor than I than I would have given him a credit for. Yeah, he is. Uh, he he does have his little obsessions. There's there's no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, and but that about uh, we're getting to the end. I don't have anything yeah. more on his last. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it, unless, uh, you know, unless there is a, a final post-credit thing where, like, someone walks into the nursing home and they've discovered that the the uh, sewery diesel has trickled out of Spurley's uh, dewy drawers and has, like, onto a onto a stack of of, uh, of of printer paper and they pick it up and then it cuts to them bringing it into the uh the uh, random house office and then, you know, handing it to him and then they publish it without any alterations. And it's Bob honey who just do stuff. That could be a, that again would have redeemed the whole endeavor. Right. It's, but weird. yeah, it it's, ends. It's weird. We just put it into the copier and, and this is what <laughs> <Yeah>. came out. <laughs> um, it was like, uh, uh, you know how you, you write in lemon juice and it disappears and you bake it and it reveals the message. Like could have been, could have been that with, uh, except with, with, with feces. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it ends with, uh, you know, so, so Annie is sort of shrieking or whatever. Spurly has crapped his pants and died. And Bob Honey, a being unbranded, unbridled and free. And I just wish it had, it had taken a page from Jim Tice and just added in a all caps. Long live the king. <laughs> um, did you have any theories on, uh, you know, Bob's or Sean Penn's hatred is pretty clear in some of his targets. Other times, a little fuzzier with uh, his hate of chimeras. And mm-hmm. didn't she end up, she was crapping as she died yeah. as well. Uh-huh. Uh, pretty much everybody's <laughs> <laughs> dropping the deuce. But yeah. I didn't get a picture of why he hated that. I mean, I guess some sort of shrieking party girl he was trying to 
Uh, but who's who's Spurly? Because he clearly hates this, or is he sort of an amalgamation? Is he just a branded dude or something uh, that he that he's directing? Sean Penn is directing his clear loathing at. Um, um, I didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I couldn't uh, figure out who the analog was in real life. Yeah, I suppose since he is a, uh, in theory, uh, on his face is a reporter, um, it could be just like the media uh, type of yeah. type of disdain. But um, I'm not sure uh, who were who were meant to envision. Because yeah, in my mind, he was just one of those guys with like the press card in his hat, sort of taking notes. And um, but I guess if we're meant to believe he is a, a assassin from either the government or uh, the Scottsdale Project. Um, there is no real analog to that in in Sean Penn's life. So, yeah, I suppose that makes the most sense to just take it on its face. It is just the the press, and they they are like murderers trying to get <laughs> trying to get stuff out of him and trying to figure out who Sean Penn is. And it's just like, leave me alone, man. I'm free and unbranded. Right. <laughs> yeah, un, unbranded except for the you know the 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 one point eight uh collective star rating on Amazon. That is a, a a bigger brand, I think, than you could have ever asked for if you'd tried to uh you know more more de- defines you more than any uh, Instagram selfie ever would, I would say. Yes. Oh well summing up. Yeah. What are I, your what are your big grand thoughts about this? My grand thoughts are that it, you know, it definitely delivered people people had not just um criticized this book because it was written by a celebrity that, um, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, what a dumbass, like he wrote a book. It, it was as bad as people made it out to be. Whether it was as bad in a fun way as some of the other books we've read, I do not think. Um, I think that it was it was a lot harder to get through. It was there was parts that were harder to understand. Um, I mean, there were parts that were hilarious, of course. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I wasn't laughing, I was scratching my head a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, the uh, on the back of the book, I, there was a, a sticker because I bought it used and it says Bob Honey, who just do stuff a novel used very good. And I would I would dispute that uh, that assessment of the condition of this book uh, is my uh, is my is my takeaway. Yeah, I wonder uh, giving our books away. Is that going to be a, a chore? Will anyone sign up for this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So we give away these books once we're done with them on Patreon to subscribers uh, randomly picked. So if you're interested in getting it, my, keep in mind, mine is uh, I got all my notes in it. I'll sign it for you. But it's also signed by Sean Penn. So that's a real keepsake. Pappy himself. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, it's been he it's it's on a book plate. So he didn't actually hold this book in his hands, but uh, it's it'll be a conversation piece. Uh, I had it out on uh, on the coffee table on Wednesday and had to explain to people um, that I was reading it for for this purpose and not just keeping it uh, conspicuously out. So readers would see it and think I was uh, well read. Yeah, I, I had the exact same experience. And then uh, the the friend who saw it comically would not believe that I was not just reading it for my own enjoyment. So I, I had to go produce the book I was actually reading. <laughs> no, no, really, I'm reading this. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Yeah, because at least the uh, Dwight David Thrash book would not have, no one would have even questioned what was going on unless they were like, I've never seen a book that size. What's going on with that? Right. This is, this makes you look like an utter, utter douche. Yeah. Uh, well, I have nothing to add in my my overall summation. I think it's I, I don't I don't think there's anything under the surface that we haven't discussed already. It's uh, just a lot of ugliness is what I took away from it. Just you know, a chore to read through so much gross stuff and to read such a, a you know bitter bitter worldview is just tough to read at length. 
Um, yeah. Even even when he is really adding the comedy like that, it's still it's <laughs> uh, it's it's harsh stuff. And um, yeah, and you know, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with if you're writing a, a book about a, a grim time about sort of reflecting that. But I, I just think that yeah, the 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 willful like sort of just like middle finger to the reader constantly throughout the book is 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 the main takeaway here. Like there's no. Um, this contempt oozes off the pages. Yeah, clearly there's a, a, you know, biting satire has been done well many times and can be enjoyable. And, you know, uh, so there is a good version, as we said before, of this. But the, this this is not it, clearly. <laughs> no. Um, but uh, we had a lot of readers write in with their thoughts sort of as this wrapped up. So I think we should probably, so we don't have any fan fiction, we'll read a few more emails this time. We go to the party. We're going to the game. We're going to the dinner. Ain't gonna cruise out, man. We're stealing people's mail. Stealing people's mail. What do you got? Well, these people all uh, took a uh, typewriter out. They wrote us a letter, and then they uh, licked a self-adhesive stamp and mailed it off to us, and then they died from whatever toxic effect that would have on your system. So they're the emails from people who uh, have uh, taken the time to register their thoughts about Sean Penn. The first one is from Sharon. So I am to understand that this horror of a book could have been avoided if Sean Penn had just done what he clearly originally wanted to do and had written a strongly worded letter to the editor about Donald Trump? Ugh! Not to mention that when I got to the sentence in the acknowledgments, without the above, this novel would not be. I immediately thought that the clearest proof of the impossibility of time travel yet is the fact that this book did, in fact, come to be. Because I might bump that just slightly ahead of the usual let's kill Hitler thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So clearly people are on the same wavelength as us. Yeah. (laughs) This one is uh, from Joshua. And it's uh, this is an interesting thing. A guy wrote a book, a uh, Grigner the Accordion. A retelling of the Eye of Argon. Um, and he's, I guess the goal here was sort of like, hey, there might be the bones of something good here. I'm going to rewrite it and see what I can do. So he re- he read the book. He said he's not normally a reader of Conan-type stories, so I'm probably not the best judge of it on its own merits. But it seems, well, competent. It takes the main concepts of the Eye of Argon and tweaks and polishes them until they're probably close to what Jim Tice would have hoped to write. With one major exception, 16-year-old Jim Tice would probably not have cared for this version's near total lack of horniness. <laughs> No making love well or sagging nipples or outcropping breasts, but a version of Carthena that is a skilled and driven secondary lead. So if that sounds intriguing to you, uh, Argon without the outcropping breasts, uh, maybe give Grigner the accordion a shot. Is it a full length book? Do we know? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about the if he really expanded beyond the you know 12,000 words of I of Argon, but it is on Amazon. Um, so it's uh, could, could be worth checking out if you if you want more of the uh, Tice, Tice verse. I certainly do myself. <laughs> Could be my uh, next book. Speaking of uh, Amazon uh, self-published books, uh, Christopher, upon finishing the current book, I decided to check out the Kindle preview of the misleadingly titled Bob Honey Who Just Does Stuff by Sean S-H-A-W-N Penn. We discussed this in the first episode. Uh, the entirety of the first page is You're Bisected, followed by the second page. I'm sorry, that's how you are. <laughs> The next two half-filled pages of the brief preview are Bob Honey saying how he likes to hang out with my split personality and describing a hypothetical conversation with a woman who doesn't like a guy at work who clicks his pen. (laughs) It seems like a bizarre grift on every level from the title and author to the empty page space to the weird perspective of the main character talking directly to me as a character. And I think I like it far more than Sean's pen's book. 
At the very least, the preview contains zero sex toys with candles in them. Oh, wow. So this person actually, I assumed it was, you know, Ipsum Lorem or something in there. Yeah, but, no, I guess they actually, you know, came up with a few words to uh, to justify their their performance art piece. They did their version of metal machine music, just kind yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so that guy has probably, uh, you know, earned uh, earned 25 bucks from people getting that book. Uh, Andrew writes in. If art is anything that elicits a reaction, then Bob Honey is definitely a piece of art. I've never been more angry at a piece of media. I finished the book last night and I'm still mad. I walked into the office today and a couple of coworkers are having a conversation. I don't know what about, but the first words I heard one of them say was Sean Penn. No. <laughs> Without even thinking, I raised my hand and said, no, just no, which meant that I had to explain to them why I did that, which meant reliving the trauma. I involuntarily shut down any mention of Sean Penn with an earshot. That's how bad this book is. What in the world were people talking about Sean Penn for? I don't know. Maybe they had uh, maybe they had just watched the Angry Birds movie and were, uh, were impressed by his voice acting. <laughs> um, we've got another one from Chris. Like many, I found that this one was painful to read in a way that 64 Squares wasn't. Uh, whereas 64 Squares did get tedious with the repetition, I at least found the repetition funny on some level and felt like I wanted to keep going to see if anything was ever going to actually happen. With Bob, the weaponized alliteration is funny at first, but you realize when you realize that every sentence of every chapter is going to have this bloated verbiage to say otherwise very simple and often stupid things, it loses its entertainment value pretty quickly. Add that to the uh, add to that the unreliability of the narrator, the more immorality of the narrator, the constant uncertainty about whether the reader is supposed to sympathize with the character or even care about the character or believe anything he says or not, and it makes the reading this story a very conscious, forceful decision in a way that you have to consciously decide to force yourself to do some very unpleasant thing that you hope, but you're not sure will be worth it in the end. So I did finish it just to see where Mr. Penn was going, and although I'm mostly glad I did, I still can't say for sure what he wanted me to think about the whole thing. I don't know if Bob is real or dead or alive or not, or if any of the events Bob described actually happened or not, and sadly, I can't say I care all that much. Ah, that is perfectly said. I think that yes. is my, my thoughts, too. <laughs> I would take issue with one thing. Okay. I don't I don't think that we're ever supposed to sympathize with the character at all, right? I mean, he is so repulsive and ugly and and hey. you know, morally warped and everything. There's no way. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, the fact that he is alone and, you know, doesn't have a human connection with anybody like in in perhaps more, you know, meant to be uh like the elephant man or something like that, but no, at least um at least the elephant man had a good heart. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Confederacy of Dunces. Um, Tool, yeah, John yeah. Kennedy Tool. Yeah, but the uh, the main character. Oh, I mean, Ignatius. Ignatius yeah. J. Riley. I mean, he's fairly repulsive, but it's a it's a comic character, pretty broad, and so that you sympathize with his irritations and things like that. It's not like, oh God, I can't read another word of this. Right, exactly. You're you're making him laugh. Although I always find by the end of that story, I'm I'm, I'm rooting for him to go down. <laughs> <laughs> just because he's so cruel to, I mean, I don't know, to everybody. I mean, I love that book, but it's a, uh, it's always a, uh, you know, he needs to to get away with it, but I'm always like, all right, this is, this is too much. I don't know if I ever told you, but I forced my family members to read that book because I said, read it and tell me who you think it is. And everyone to a, a T read it and went, oh my God, it's Uncle Wally. It's wow. him. <laughs> like, yep, 
<laughs> wow. He, he was a very eccentric fellow. Uh, he <laughs> shared some of the thoughts and habits of Ignatius J. Uh, so, wow. Yeah, real, <laughs> real guy. Not the thing with the, not the, thing with the, with the glove. That was, <laughs> hopefully uh, no one would think about that. I don't remember. Oh, I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one's good because it, it touches on some, uh, some stuff we hadn't looked about. Ian, I finished Gravity's Rainbow a few months before you started this book, and I'll vouch that there are a lot of moments that reek of attempts to be Thomas Pynchon. The present tense narration, constant bombardment of new characters, toilet-based humor, and attempts to pack in a million themes per page. Even the pawpaw soldiers bit directly parallels the subplot of Gravity's Rainbow about a battalion of Namibian soldiers. The difference is Pynchon trusts the reader to figure out his points without hammering them in and has moments of actual beauty. Also, you do need to listen to more Phil Ox, assuming Sean hasn't tainted him for you. Part of what turned Dylan away from protest folk was feeling inferior to Phil. Also, read about how he died. It's a weird story. So I did look about how he died. I'm just going to read from Wikipedia because it is pretty interesting. Ox drinking became more and more of a problem and his behavior became increasingly erratic. He frightened his friends, both with his drunken rants about the FBI and CIA and about his claiming to want to have Elvis's manager, Colonel Tom Parker, or Kentucky Fried Chicken's Colonel Sanders manage his career. <laughs> as long as so he was a colonel. He just wanted a, a not real colonel to uh, to assume <laughs> his to control of his career. Uh, and then he says, in the, mid in the mid 1975, Ox took on the identity of John Butler Train. So he sort of did a Chris Gaines type of thing. He told people that Train had murdered Ox and that he, John Butler Train, had replaced him. Train was convinced that someone was trying to kill him, so he carried a weapon at all times, a hammer, a knife, or a lead pipe. Oh, really? So the yeah. hammer thing is from Phil. I guess so. I mean, wow. it's, uh, you know, so so there's that, I guess. Like, does, it doesn't make me appreciate him anymore. It just makes me think that, oh, man, I guess we could have been reading a book about Phil Hawks' final days. That would have been much more interesting. Right. Um, let's see. I've got uh, just a couple more. Uh, Kurt. So you're just wrapping up, Bob, honey, but I finished it weeks ago. It seems so long ago now that I joyfully waited to read the next saga of Jake Cardigan's meeting about possible meetings. It was a blast to surprise friends from reading out loud from the adventures of Grigner, but I couldn't wait to get Bob, honey, out of my house. By the end, I read it forcefully, driven to expel the mind of Sean Penn from my consciousness as I powered through the last half of the book in a single sitting. My only interruptions were the constant sighs escaping my mouth and my eyes rolling around away from the page. When I threw the book to the ground, I became aware of the pain in my face. The hours of a contemptuous, ugly sneer had left me with a physical reminder of what I had just read. Perhaps this is not an isolated phenomenon. Perhaps all people who encounter Sean Penn in real life come away with an ugly rictus that makes them appear as a warped version of reality. Perhaps Sean Penn's characters have truly given us a glimpse into what the view of life, into what the view of life is from your heated pool. <laughs> yeah he brings up the phenomenon you know the when uh, bridget and i will be watching something that i know that we're not enjoying and i'll turn and just kind of look at her face and then i'll go here's what you're doing <laughs> you don't know you're doing this right yeah it sort of just has crept on to your face oh man yeah but the the, the size and the uh grimacing are not not something you get when you're when you're reading something you enjoy yeah, a lot of Norman groaning coming from uh, <laughs> reading this book. Two more emails. Travis, this book does continue to have a remarkable capability to make you question whether or not you really do like the things you thought you liked, like books, people, poetry, laughter, ice cream, music, or slopping coffee. Mike's zero grade for this in the last episode is spot on. I can't wait to find the books that rank lower if one can't be found 
I'll get to work on my fan fiction, which chronicles Ramona Quimby's late hard life as a salesperson at the CarMax, just outside of Portland, Oregon, United States, North America. <laughs> I, I, just the fact that uh, the thrash writing style is something that people are able to refer to, uh, you know, it sort of makes the entire venture worthwhile. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is something that they carry with them with a little bit of joy. I, I don't yeah. see that there'll ever be anything, uh, you know, as we go down the road, should we do another one of these, um, that uh, people will be, you know, doing mashups with Sean Penn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If they do alliteration, we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll be angry at them. Um, Perry, I just finished this book, a book I purchased in hardcover with my meager wages, and I feel what one might call catharsis coming catheter-like into my curdled core, or at least <laughs> or, or at least that's what an asshole might say. I hate and love this book like Gollum hates and loves the ring. I have made threadbare my life through constant quoting of passages to passers-by and the other passengers of my passion. I can't stop the alliterations! In closing, I hope we will all find ourselves someone willing to sit mostly naked under our desks while we wear their hair as a wig to trick our assassins. We will try to make it, won't we? <laughs> That's quoting, of course, Santa from Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Yeah, very nice. Pulling pulling in a uh, deep cut. Yeah, so I appreciate that because, yeah, if we can – the essentially the movie version of a, a Thrasher Tice book. So well done, everybody. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. It was great to hear that we were not the only ones or that, you know, there's not even really any contrarians out there. You're like, hey, man, you're just – you know, you guys are the ones missing the – I'm glad we're not just uh, – <laughs> we're, we're, we're preaching to the choir, I suppose. Yeah, um, I expected at least a small – percentage of people to say no you 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 guys if you had read all the authors that he'd read you'd get where he's coming from or right you know, yeah it's, which, it's which, which is probably still you know to somewhat true maybe there is a way if you're really into that stuff well, where this is kind of a, a you know it's a very inferior version of it but it's okay but i don't i don't think we got any of that did we no not a single one um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we might as well close it out with our, our final dumb sentences of the week. A sentence begins with a capital letter. A capital letter is a letter that's big. A capital letter is not a small letter. A capital letter is big, big, big. A sentence ends with a period. All right. Well, why don't All you right. give it a go? Here we go. This is one that I uh, forgot, to, uh, forgot to highlight here, but this one comes from Sharon. Her sentence uh, was... Uh, it was from something that Annie was saying, my love and vagina, parentheses, on your team. Oh, Close that was mine. Burn. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, uh, she, she said, if someone prior to my starting this book had read that sentence to me and explained it was cold from this book, I suspect I would have lost the will to live. Um, I thought you know, that was sort of like a, a letter she wrote him. And I was like, you know, remember that uh, that that l famous letter from Sullivan Ballou that was in the Ken Burns Civil War where they play the. The yeah, uh, Ashokan yeah. farewell. He's writing to his his dearest uh, Emma or whoever, and I, I I wish that that was how she had responded to uh to that guy's letter. <laughs> My love and vagina on your team, Sullivan. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Uh, this is from Chris. Uh, this is another one that goes along with your uh, your theory that we're transforming into Batman here. But his was uh this was so this is this is a car bomb going off. Uh, many people are are killed. Kaboom! Flicker flash. Smoky dokey in fire. <laughs> so that's that's his. That's how that works for him. Uh, all caps. Smoky dokey and fire. I I don't know how I missed that. I'm just found it now in the book. Wow, it is smoky dokey. 
Um, I thought that was coffee being poured into a cup. Maybe that's why I was confused <laughs> by it. Um, mine was, this is another one that is like, you know, it just, it, it stood out for being uh, needlessly incoherent this late in the game. You can't depress the depressed for whom fear is the folly of static scoundrelism. And again, just like the words, I know what the words mean one by one, but I'm not going to spend the time, man, to uh, to uh, to sort out the the whole meaning you're trying to convey here. Well, it's that common word scoundrelism. <laughs> yeah. And not like uh, rapidly changing scoundrelism, static. Yeah. I've got mine. You ready? OK. Yes, please. There is pride to be had where the prejudicial is practiced with precision in the trenchant triage of tactile terminations. God. Yeah, there's a read it, read it, read it again. There is pride to be had where the prejudicial is practiced with precision in the trenchant triage of tactile terminations. Nope. (laughs) That's full out Norman groan. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And like, you know, as you said, the, the, the part where things have actually, you know, things have happened in this last section, but we're still getting inundated with that type of nonsense. As a writer, have you had this moment where uh, it's not self-congratulatory, but you you come upon something that you think is pretty funny? Like I I'm and I can imagine it being listened to by the end user, and it gives me delight to go, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be a good one. Sure, it, sure, it makes yeah, it makes me happy that I <laughs> that I'm gonna be able to share this with people, and I just think right. of Sean Penn writing that sentence. What what do you think is happening on the end? <laughs> the end user of this. Right. How do you think yes. it's landing? Come on, yeah. man. He's imagining uh, uh, people putting it as their like senior yearbook quote or like <laughs> a, a commencement speaker. Like, and I will leave you with this as you go out into the world. <laughs> right. Is that it? Yeah, that is it. Uh, that's that's Bob Honey who just do stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, we made it. We did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the paperback comes out tomorrow, actually, from when we're recording this. So there's uh, maybe some some new attention about to be sent this book's way. Yeah. He's going to get the 372 bump. That's for sure. <laughs> Lucky you, Penn. Uh, well, yeah. Anyway, uh, so we have a Patreon that if you're interested in uh, participating in uh, some discussion on there, meme contests, getting every episode early, you can uh, you can go to Patreon. We're going to give away these books that we'll sign to some lucky, lucky people on there. Um and I don't know what else you got. Well, uh, you, I mean, are you game for another one of these? I mean, we can oh, yeah. take the discussion off air, but it seems like for everyone, we need a palate cleanser. So I think so. Yeah, I've got I mean, you know, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll discuss it off air. I've got one that I, I think might work. That would be a, an interesting way to way to switch it up, because I was looking at the authors we've done and uh, there there's a there's a there's a pattern to them that I think could be worth 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 uh worth throwing a wrench into but we have, we can talk about it off air but we also we have a uh we've got a live show next week a riff tracks live show that people should go see octoman oh yeah that's gonna be good just take a look yeah. at the octoman uh, poster and you'll you'll get a flavor you get a lot of that octoman you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna love him it's on uh thursday the 18th you can go see that in theaters uh live all across the country um i don't think there's any sean penn jokes i don't think there's any uh, we, we keep that fairly fairly separate, but maybe yeah. maybe something will, will worm its way in in the rewrite session. Yeah, we usually silo it up, but uh, this this was a strong taste, so who knows? We might not be able to resist. <laughs> but anyway, you uh, did you did hear it here that we're going to be back, so we will be back for another three hundred and seventy two pages. That's pretty yeah, exciting. Yeah, so 
It is. It is. Uh, and it's, there's no way it's going to be worse than this one. That's, uh, you know, no matter what, I would say we can. That's the 372 pages promise. There's no way <laughs> it could be worse than this one. <laughs> With that, we'll uh, see you next time. So long, Thank everyone. Thank you, everybody. Bye.